I'm not encouraging them to hurt you. I'm telling them to leave you. I'm telling them they're too good for you. That's different. I'm pumping them up so they know I'm waking these bitches up. Like you guys have put them in a spell and I'm shaking them out of it. That's my only goal. All right, today on High Low with Emirata, we have Drew Offwallow, one of my favorite content creators on TikTok. If you don't know who Drew is, this interview is gonna fucking blow your mind, honestly. Drew has built a name for herself by doing these incredibly eviscerating TikToks in response to cis hetero white men typically, who say pretty unbelievably terrible things. And she's funny as hell. We cover a lot of things. We're going to talk about accountability. We're going to talk about meanness. We're going to talk about feminine versus masculine energy and the bullshit behind that. We're going to talk about matriarchies. We're going to talk about her own relationship, her boyfriend. Um, We're covering a lot today. Without further ado, Please welcome Drew Afwalo. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I'm so happy you're here. I've been Same. a huge fan of your TikTok forever and just you in general. And when I, you know, started thinking of podcast guests, you were like on the top of the list. Period, oh, bitch. I'm gonna put dream. This, someone play this episode of my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have so many questions for you. Please. I wanna talk about how you started. Sure. I know you I know you started in the pandemic, you started posting stuff, yeah. but I wanna know like how you found your thing of eviscerating men <laughs> and being funny as hell. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, thank you. But like, second I stay of all, funny as I'm hell. I'm like, bitch. oh my God, I know. I'm so funny and pretty, guys. I think it's for, true. It started because I was just kind of telling stories. Like, I love to tell stories. Like, I could talk to a sandwich for an hour. So I love to hear myself talk. Uh, and then it just kind of morphed into talking about dating and like my own unfortunate experiences with men. And then um, I started telling stories about my own boyfriend who I've been with now for five years. So like just like how he, you know, they paled in comparison and Mm. that kind of stuff. And then the first video I ever posted that went like uber viral was a video about very specific red flags in men. So I made a whole list and like that video took off, which I didn't know it was going to obviously. And then that obviously got a lot of attention from other women and femme presenting people being like, this is so funny, this is so accurate. And then on the flip side, it like opened up this door where I always compare it to like a Ouija board. Like once you open that door, you can't close it. So mm-hmm. all these like terrible spirits started running through. It's like all these horrible men found me and they started saying the worst shit I've ever seen in my life about me. And so I find it funny. So then I started responding to every single one and like pumping out videos like, you think I'm fat? Okay, I think you look like this. And it was just like rapid fire kind of thing. And 
that is what I think caught people's attention was not only my complete disregard for their opinions of me, but also just like how mean I was. <laughs> so, like, well, you're really funny. You called like a white man a paperclip, and I told my friend last night, and she was like, "That's the funniest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> She was like comparing any white man to a paperclip, yeah. and she like literally like cackled and like slapped and Clippy, the table. everybody remembers Clippy. I remember. I was last night. I was in <laughs> deep in your TikTok, and I was like, <laughs> but I want to talk to you about like accountability. I want to talk yeah. to you about your sense of humor. <laughs> and one of the things I was reading about you is, I mean, you're Samoan, right? Yes. So Samoan culture is matriarchal. Yes. Which I think is really interesting. So is that true in your family? Yeah, in my family for sure. This is like getting super in the weeds, but like colonization has really implanted a lot of patriarchal, you know, pillars within every community, regardless of the community you're a part of. We all have it. So like, I'm not going to say that it's entirely matriarchal. They never disrespectful to women because that's just simply not true. But that's a, just a byproduct of colonization. In essence, it's very matriarchal. So my my dad was very, very different from like what these terrible men consider a real man, which is he was very emotionally cognizant. My entire life I've seen my dad get emotional, like whether it's happy, sad, angry, frustrated, whatever. My dad has never been afraid to show emotion or tell me he loves me, like show physical affection towards all of us because I'm a, in a family of five, so there's three kids. And so, you know, I saw how my dad treated my mom. Like in Samoan culture, the men cook and clean and women you know, take care of the babies and the elderly. That's kind of like our roles in our own, prior to colonization, in our own uh, culture. So that's what my family did. And like, not to say that my mom never cooked or cleaned, she absolutely did. It was just always very 50-50. Right. And I have other male father figures in my life as well. Like my dad's older brother, I have a godfather, like all of whom were very prime examples of what it means to be a man to me. Mm -hmm. So as I got older, you know, I'm dating men and, you know, seeing how they are not at all what I envisioned for a partner for myself. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a rude awakening. Like once you get older, when you get to like dating age, whatever that may be, I didn't really start seriously dating until I was like in college. Mm -hmm. So I didn't date in high school like at all because I was like, nah, none of these hoes are worth my time. <laughs> And uh, I, the irony being my boyfriend now went to high school with me. No <laughs> so, way. Yeah, we what? went to high school together. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Yeah. So that's always been my lens mm -hmm. on life, how I think men should treat women. So, so it was really shocking to basically come from this one example where you see, like, emotional men. You see yeah. them, like, pulling their weight, being, yeah. I'm assuming, respectful of women yeah. as, like, human beings yeah. and true equal partners. And then getting out in the streets and being like, what is this? Yeah, the rats what run that city. This? Yeah. <laughs> the rats for sure run that city. I, I was blown away when I saw it on TikTok especially. I was like, this is bonkers for multiple reasons aside from you just existing in life that way in general it's also the fact that you're so comfortable platforming it like yeah you're so okay with people seeing it and seeing that side of things they're proud of that part yeah of their identity. that's the part that like really shocked me like i was like i cannot believe that you're so okay with being so open and honest about mm -hmm. what a fucking horrible person you are like that's crazy to me I also read that in your family, like humor and like dragging people and roasting yeah. people is just like a part of what you guys it, do. Yeah, absolutely. We we make fun of each other all the time and it's never in a way to make you insecure. It's not to make you feel any type of way about yourself. It's literally just because we love to joke around. That's like a love language of yeah. ours. 
So when I was younger, believe it or not, I w could not take a joke. The silliest Raz would like ruffle my feathers very mm -hmm. easily and I would take it very personal. And my mom would tell me all the time, she's like, if you're gonna tell jokes, you gotta learn to take a joke. Like nobody wants to joke around with someone who can't laugh at themselves. And I was like, well, damn bitch, read me, why don't you? Uh -huh. And so like I got older and then I started getting, I think, a lot more comfortable taking a joke because I, I truly think you can't be funny if you don't know how to take a joke. What I was thinking about last night is the notion of accountability in the age of the internet because yeah. people just throw shit out Truly. so much. They're like, you know, they're, they're building their identity through what they post mm -hmm. um, and they're not really thinking about whether it's right or wrong yeah. or whatever. They're just putting up whatever. And I think especially with these white, honestly, white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of exclusively white dudes, no? Yes. Yeah. It's like 98 too. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> what they post, it's like, it feels like this like private thing, whatever. And what's so smart about what you do is I'm not going to give this person a platform. So yeah. you don't go to their page. You can't go back. But you, you you respond to what they have put out there. So it's yeah. it's holding people accountable in a way that just like, I mean, I can tell you as somebody who's been on the internet, you know, since the early days, yeah. caveman days, I have been <laughs> seeing the worst shit my basically I my whole life. can only imagine. Talk about my comment section. I posted um, actually a clip from this with Mia Khalifa saying yeah. something. And there's 20,000 comments right now. And it is basically all men just being like, who would listen to a porn star? Yep. Just the worst Yep. Worst shit I've, I mean, I've ever seen. You're like, yep, tracks. Yeah. When you see it, you're like, yep, yep. And, vi yep. and violent shit. Like, yeah. th things that are just totally not okay to say. And the fact that you dig through the, there, you go to their pages, and then you're like, you don't, you know, you don't even get mad. Like, no. that's what's so fun about watching your videos yeah. is you are laughing so hard. You don't, you talk about not taking anything seriously. Like, you don't even take them seriously. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Are you out of your mind? I, I always think this sounds like rough, but I don't really give a shit when it comes to terrible men. But like, I don't care about their like life. I don't care about their livelihood. I don't care if you're unhappy. I don't care if you're jobless. Clearly you are because you have enough time to go do shit like that. But like, I don't care about your well-being. Why the fuck would I care about your words? <laughs> Worthless. I mean, especially Worthless. when they're saying things just to try to, like the most basic insult. Yeah. And that's what I love about your shit too. That and ugly. There you go. You're really fucking smart. You'll be like, <laughs> you take people down in such a clever way. There was one that I watched yesterday that I really loved where some guy had compared abortion to vaccines, getting mm, the vaccine. And yep. the first point you made was such a brilliant one. You're like, pregnancy impacts one person. Like that's one person who's going to deal with that. Uh, vaccine, COVID, that impacts everyone yep. so like case closed <laughs> yeah i was just like oh my god and the I'm crazy part him. is that person didn't have a uterus so you won't yeah. experience either so yeah but what i loved about that is that would have been the most obvious argument and you like yeah. waited to get there you were like and here's the cherry on top the basic fundamental argument we'll just add that in at the very end yeah, yeah. it was one of those things where i like truly don't believe that i have to like prove to a shitty dude that I'm smart in order for you to respect me because you don't respect me in general. So no matter if I if I had a battle of wits with you, it's not going to matter mm -hmm. because you already believe internally that you're superior to me. Mm -hmm. So instead of 
making you feel like, well, wow, like I never thought about it that way. I'm just going to hurt your fucking feelings and it's over. And I've talked about how like my platform specifically is the one table they don't have a seat at. And that's why they hate me so much because like they're so used to being prioritized, to being uplifted, to being empowered by everyone and everything in this world. Mm -hmm. And my platform is the one place I don't let you defend yourself. I don't let you talk back to me. I don't let you do anything. Yeah. Like my goal is never been to educate you. There are plenty of other TikTokers that do a wonderful job at educating people. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. You want you want that education? Seek it yourself, bitch, because I'm pretty sure when you're in your 30s, I'm pretty sure you've gone to school to some capacity. You're <laughs> yeah. a tax-paying adult. Well, you just <laughs> refuse to do more work for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. And yeah. they always equate that to me being an idiot or to me just being like, well, you're just a bad person because you don't want to educate. Last time I checked, you didn't come out my coochie. So mm-hmm. it's not my job to teach you. What about your mom? Ugh. That's why she hates you too. I can guarantee it, bitch. Because I love it. if your mom saw this, would she be proud of you? Uh-huh. Is what I always think. One time... I made a video about someone who was literally making a joke about sexual assault against someone with special needs. You tell, off top, I don't even need to show you the video. That's awful. Like, what kind of rotten human being makes jokes about that? I lit him up, and then his mom came in my comment section telling me, I get it, like, it's not funny, but you took it too far. In what world, bitch? Come get your fucking son. Wow. Like, and I said, clearly I'm mothering him better than you are because I'm telling him right from wrong. That's your job. Right. Like the fact that you have to step in. Yeah. The fact that you're going to come in here and tell me that I was being disrespectful to your son when he made that off-color joke unprovoked. Girl, you're out of your mind. And so that's why I'm like, that's that kind of enabling is why they act that way. And it starts so much younger than people even realize. Like, my brother's 18. The kids in his classes, the shit that they say, like, I've, I've said this before, like, it would turn your stomach to see what some, like, young kids say. Like, 18, 19, 20. It would blow your mind. Because, like, the, the shit I get tagged in on TikTok, it's like, it exposes me to, like, the deepest, darkest corners of that app. I see some of the most terrible, horrible things. And I don't stitch all of it because some stuff I truly believe you can't laugh at. Like, it's not funny. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to platform things like that. But at the same time, it emboldens me Mm -hmm. more so because I realize that I'm not the problem. You are. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I mean, I think it's really interesting what you're doing about, you know, because when you're responding to people or when you're talking to people, you kind of are like you find a way to basically not pay them respect while still responding, which I yeah. think is really, really hard to do always. Like mm-hmm. I saw this whole thing about he who shall not be named mm. that you were just like, I won't even br- I wouldn't. Ne- you basically learned from bringing that person, giving them a platform. Yeah. Right. And then you kind of were like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. What absolutely. was that experience like? I think that in that particular situation, I had no idea mm-hmm. like what that person had done mm-hmm. when I made videos about them last year or like earlier 2021. Like I had no idea. I made like three or four videos about them. I lit them up. That was pretty much the end of it. Like I made my videos once they started like gaining traction. Yeah. That and then all that other news came out about all the horrible things they've done in their life. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And I told everyone, if you have to pretend that they're dead, like that's the that's how you truly deplatform somebody. You ignore them. Mm-hmm. The more you talk about them, the more you fan the flames. Like a lot of times the irony is people like that, they 
sometimes they don't even believe the shit that they're saying. Like, they're just saying it because they want attention because people will do anything to be famous. Yes. Like, because they automatically equate fame to money and power and all of those things. Mm. So I was just like, I'm not lending my platform to this person for one more second. Like, I'm not doing it. I just absolutely refuse. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. You're getting blocked. So that's mm. <laughs> that's pretty much where it ends with me. Yeah. So I... I'm not doing that. I think we're still in the stages of like learning that, to be yeah. honest. So it's cool that you're already there because um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, public figures, TV, like they don't know what to do. They want to talk about things that enrage them, but then they end up ha like giving people shine yeah. that don't deserve it and actually spreading like the hateful messaging that those people represent yeah. more than they do protesting it, yeah. which is scary. Yeah, it's like, it's almost, I see it almost as like a, there's like a pyramid of terrible. Mm. There's only one at the very top. But there's thousands at the bottom. Like you, you have to clear out the bottom before you can get those. That's who supports the one at the top. So, mm -hmm. like I think of like I'll get, you know, roll my sleeves up and get in that sewer with all of them bitches. But like I'm not doing the one dude at the top because there's just no point. Like yeah. he has his platform. Good riddance. Mm -hmm. Like that's good luck to you. I'm not. I'm not going to be someone who continues to help you get bigger and get stronger. Yeah. I'm just going to clear out all the shit that's holding you up in the first place. I'm mm -hmm. just going to eradicate the bottom layers and then you will have no one to stand on it by that point. The thing you said about the mom coming mm -hmm. into your comment section, it's yeah. funny because I left it in the show, in the podcast, but I took it off TikTok because people went fucking crazy and I was yeah. just like not having a day where I could handle it, which I also want to talk to you about mm -hmm. how you fucking handle it. Mm -hmm. But I basically said there are three types of men. There's babies, baby monsters, and monsters. <laughs> and the babies are the ones who like are looking for mommies. And then there's mm -hmm. the guys who are like monsters who are just like, oh, like your mom died, I don't care, or whatever. Yeah. And then there's baby monsters who are basically both come Combined. Yeah. I got so many comments being like, you are not a feminist. You hate men. You're um, misandry, misandry, misandry. Oh, girl. So the way we... that misandry is tattooed on the inside of my eyelids because that's all I see all the time. <laughs> so what the fuck? Misandry, misandry, whatever the fuck it is. Is it misandry? I, I think it's misandry. Okay. I don't know. Okay. It's made up as far as I'm concerned, okay. but it's... I saw someone else um, display. We don't even know how to say it. Literally, because it's a fallacy is what it is. But it's literally a response to misogyny. Mm -hmm. But first of all, it, to me, I made a video about the girl. Let me tell you, when I said this, oh, man, to this day, dudes who still suck their mom's teeth are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen on the internet. I'm like, yeah, that's the worst thing you've ever seen on the internet. I doubt it, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that, like I said, misogyny isn't real. Like, misandry is, like, hurt feelings. Mm. Misogyny could be murder. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a term... Femicide is a term that was created because misogyny is so incredibly violent. Yeah. So the fact that misandry is, like, oh, it hurts my feelings when you say that, I don't give a shit. To be honest, I don't care. Misandry is, like, the belief that women should be superior to men. There are women who genuinely believe that. Mm -hmm. And can you blame them? Mm -hmm. Is what I always think. Like, whose fault is it that they feel that way? Why do you think that they feel at this point they should eradicate every person who identifies as a man? They want to get rid of every single one of them because of the fact that you guys have treated them like garbage for thousands of years. You think that it's unheard of that someone may feel like they don't want you around anymore? Or like so deeply problematic. Yeah, like yeah. You, is, is it their fault that they feel that way? Whose fault is it that they feel this like intense like hatred towards all men? And that's why I, I made a video once about a guy he was attacking this woman who was basically saying, whenever women say this guy was terrible, like he treated me like shit, um, men are always like, you pick bad people, that's on you. Constantly putting the, the faults 
of men on their female partners is is misogyny in and of itself, right? But this guy stitched it and he was like drinking all of these drinks and he's like, why do all of these taste the same? Like, it's because, or like, why are these terrible? It's because I'm trying all the same shit. Like you're willingly choosing. He's It's supposed to be a, a cute, quirky metaphor. Mm-hmm. But he looked like a magician, so who cares what he thinks? <laughs> but he, I, what I said to that was like, men in in that scenario, right? Are, they're all like forms of like Diet Pepsi, Coke products. When you see them all in clear glasses, they all look exactly the same. You don't know until you try them. Once you try them, you're like, this is Shasta. That tastes like ass. I'm not ever doing that again. And I said, even though even though men are so fucking vile, so many of them have mastered the art of lying like and pretending and i've said this for so long but an outright misogynist like a gym bro for example is less terrible to me than someone who's learned how to blend someone who's learned like well i just like care about you that's why i want you to stay at home and not work because i want to take care of you if you stay home and you if i clip your wings and you don't go anywhere then i can spoil you and take care of you that's misogyny it's just veiled Right, it's so not, it's it's more dangerous. It's it's much more sinister in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So in this metaphor, I'm like, women have no idea who you are until they start dating you, and then they see that you're awful, and they're like, I'm out of here, and then they're like, that's your fault because you picked me. That makes no sense. I mean, and that's why I said that's why women women at this point or femme presenting people in general are like, all men are trash, and as far as I'm concerned, you're all guilty until proven innocent mm-hmm. because you've lost that privilege at this point. Yeah. You've lost the benefit of the doubt for me because mm-hmm. I've seen too much terrible. And like, you can't blame people for that. You can't of blame course. women especially. Of course. you know. Without getting into specifics, I've had terrible experiences. I don't know a yeah. femme presenting person who hasn't had terrible experiences with men. Yeah. But can you give us a little insight into your experiences? Yeah, I mean, my boyfriend that I have now is like the first serious relationship I've ever committed to purely because when I was dating, it's garbage. Like, oh my God, I give I'm it up. there right now. Oh, my single girls. Oh man, I, I give it up to y'all. <laughs> Truly, like on the front lines, you bitches are out there because it's- For what? I don't even know, to be <laughs> honest anymore. So- Because it's it's pretty rancid. It's rough. Yeah. When I was dating, I, I would have very minute encounters with men that I'd be like, that's a red flag. And my friends were like, are you sure? Like, do you really think? Nope. I know. I know for a fact. Like, I don't like, there's like very, very small things. Like once a dude made up a word while he was talking to me and I was like, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Love that. Respectfully, peace and love. You'll never Mm -hmm. see me again. Because he was trying to brag to me about how smart he was and then made up a word. That's a red flag to me, babe. Yeah. And he used to condescendingly talk to me. So I really hate that shit. It all came together. Yeah. And little bow. Little package of just a giant red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I think like every person who's ever encountered men at some point or another has experienced some form of like abuse or assault in any capacity. I'm no exception to that rule. So, you know, when things like that have happened, they put things into perspective for you. For me, thankfully for me, it's never been like super, super bad, but that's just me belittling my own trauma. I was trauma. just going to say, I'm yeah. sure that's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's just me it belittling my own like trauma. It almost sounds like the difference for you and what's given you the ability to do what you do is because you had examples of men who you do respect and exactly. you have great relationships with. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is how 
this is how I know men and how I Absolutely. expect them to be. Yeah. So you were like, this is this shit is crazy. You yeah. had like clear eyes on it. Whereas yeah. a lot of women are like, I guess this is just the way the world is. Yeah. And and they don't know until they until it happens, till they try it, till they date terrible men. They're like, this is awful. And that's what I always say too, because sometimes men will be like, she must have been like broken up with. She must have been traumatized, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I was like, it's actually quite the opposite. Like my father figures in my life have been nothing but short of stellar so mm -hmm. that's like quite literally why i'm this way it's because i've seen what it looks like like i've seen the other side and this is not it so i'm not settling for this it just puts you in such an incredible position because you're both saying like yeah i've had terrible experiences with men i also have really great experiences with yeah. men so you all are specific <laughs> i have eyes and an understanding in this way about you Truly. all that you just can't you can't explain. You can't fight back. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, like, even this ties into, like, the messengery point, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, my platform has never been about the promotion of abuse against men. Mm -hmm. It's it's literally to leave them. Mm -hmm. I'm not encouraging them to hurt you. I'm telling them to leave you. I'm telling them they're too good for you. That's different. I'm pumping them up so they know I'm waking these bitches up. Like, you guys have put them in a spell and I'm shaking them out of it. That's my only goal. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I want to ask you this because I, my life is in a specific moment and whatever, but what mm -hmm. I see online and the conversations I'm having with my friends, I do feel like there's kind of a change in the world and the way women are thinking about men. Yeah. I feel like we were taught that in the nuclear family, 1950s kind of cookie cutter thing, yeah. it was that a man provides for you, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have to do any emotional work. Well, women don't need that financial support anymore. Mm -hmm. They are careerists. They have so their lives are full. Yeah. What they want is a partner who can work with them, be an equal, and yeah. emotionally be there as well. Yeah. And I think now people are realizing like this is a this is isn't working out like that's yeah. nobody's providing that these men aren't providing that yeah and i do feel like there's something kind of in the zeitgeist that's changing do you yeah. feel that way yeah i absolutely do i feel like any step forward whether big or small is still a step forward so i feel like the perspective has shifted drastically within the last like five years let alone the last 20 mm -hmm. right but i do think too that there is so much more ground to be covered because of the fact that there are so many things that are 
veiled misogyny that people don't realize. For example, I like kicked a different hornet's nest. Oh my God. I'd rather kick hornet's nests that have men in them primarily. But I was talking about this masculine feminine energy thing. And I had like a discourse about it on my TikTok because I was talking about how when men are like, you need to take her out of her masculine energy and put her in her feminine energy. With that, that idea is a fallacy to me personally because I f- gender is a construct. Yes. There are so many minority people that were forced to adhere to a gender binary because of colonization, white supremacy, all of that stuff. And I, a lot of times they hate when I talk about this shit. I'm like, see, you don't want to hear me be smart because you aren't ready for that conversation for me, babe. Right. But like white supremacy is in, embedded in so many different cultures. So when you talk about taking a woman out of her masculine energy, they're almost always equating masculinity to being self-sufficient, to being independent, to being financially independent, to being okay with being alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to just like I don't know existing as a man whatever that may be and they're like feminine energy is you being codependent so whether it's relying on a man for emotional support financial support whatever it may be they're like oh you should take her out of that and put her in that's misogyny like it's like (laughs) period I said that and some women lost their minds not just women men too but they were like oh you don't think it's good for men to take care of women that's not what I said listening ears, babe. What I said was, don't let men like this conflate, Mm -hmm. right? Taking care of you Mm -hmm. with clipping your wings. Right. Because those are two very different things. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, feminine energy in that way, whatever. Again, I'm the same way. I mean, people always all the time will be like, your energy is so masculine. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? I have so many friends too, and they're like, oh my God, like you do have kind of like a male energy. And I'm like, whatever what that you, means. What the fuck does that mean? I'm not like a sweet little, like weak baby girl who's yeah. like, oh, boo, 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 like yeah. teach me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And so the fact that femininity is, you know, we associate that with weakness is yeah. scary. And to yeah. get to the root of that and also your perspective on from your cultural experience and the history mm-hmm. of your culture and yeah. world, being able to say like, no, 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 that mm-hmm. is not femininity is not just weakness. Yeah. Like, that is some white people shit. <laughs> no, straight up. I mean, that's- it is, it's true. And just in general, it doesn't exist. Like, yeah. like male, female, of anything- course is not real yes. like that's that's a man-made invention so they they use this like pseudoscience to like literally mask their misogyny and that's why i'm i've been saying forever like those men are much more dangerous yes. to me than someone who's just like i hate bitches because they should be in the yeah. kitchen me caveman me protect like those men you could pick them out from a mile away the other men could be sitting in your living room babe like some sometimes some of the they things, are sitting in room. that's what i'm saying sometimes they they say things to me and they're like well my boyfriend said this what do you think like they'll ask me questions about stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm like I mean, ask yourself, like, why do you feel the need to ask me? Mm-hmm. You, why like, do you, you already know the answer. Why are you seeking Don't a third ask, party? Yes, yeah. And and I've talked about, too, I'm like, y'all aren't ready for that conversation, and they're not ready for the conversation of how, like, these beauty standards that they've imposed, a lot of them are rooted in pedophilia, mm-hmm. white oh supremacy, and some, like, eugenics bullshit. Like, they don't want to get into that with me either. Yeah. And that's why I'm like... You the way you can trace everything back yeah. to like 
just the most violent bigotry mm-hmm. is literally why all of it ties together. In the end of the at the end of the day, like whether they're jokes or not, they're real. Like they're they're real systems that you're like fight actively fighting against once you log off TikTok. The one I get a lot from nice guys mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is like where they'll talk about evolution or like caveman times. Oh my gosh. And they're like, well, the roles and the whatever. And I'm like, red flag, red flag. I mean, yeah. it's just insane how I'm also like. Why are you reading? Why are you spending your time reading about prehistoric times? Like we've come a long way. Yeah, there's so many other things you could read about Literally. that are like much more interesting and much more important. So you mean like before the invention of toilet paper? Yes, that's the time you want to go yeah. back to. Okay, and I'm, I'm saying, just like, there's so many other things we could talk about and well, reference. And that's why I'm like, all of that. Okay, like this hunter gatherer yes, bullshit. I fucking hate it. Oh my god, I'm like, as far as we know. <laughs> None of us were there. And that's the shit I always think. I'm like, we, we're just kind of taking it. Yeah, obviously evolution is real. Yeah. But I'm saying these these roles, none of you were there, right? Like you weren't there. So Also I like, who fucking cares what nature versus nurture? Like we are now in a place where we have evolved. That's Isn't that great? Like, Isn't we that can wonderful? change, that yeah. things can change with time. And yeah. also the world is different. We're not hunting and gathering anymore. And like yeah. so many things have changed. If I were to put you back in that time, you would die in a yeah. couple minutes, yeah, bitch. So please shut I said, turns up. out we're both useless. Like yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing when they're like, men built the roads and the phones and all this shit. They say that shit all the time. And every time they say that, they're like, they built their houses and blah, blah, blah. They name every physical form they can physically see with their eyes. And then I go, are you one of those men? Mm-hmm. And then they go, no. I go, guess we're both bitches then, huh? <laughs> guess we're both useless women. I love it. At that point. <laughs> I want to, you just brought up beauty standards. And I yeah. just feel like you touch on it in your TikToks, but I feel like you have so much to say. And <laughs> I want like all of your perspectives on beauty standards. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously they're rooted in white supremacy and eugenics as a whole. So they're like, this is applicable to beauty standards, but like BMI. Because mm-hmm. I, I defend fat people all the time because the fat phobia is violent and awful. One of on the things TikTok. I love that you say is you're just like, fat isn't an insult to me. So it's moving not, on. It's a word. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's not a demeaning word. What gave it the terrible word is literally bigotry. So mm-hmm. like, that's what gave it that awful meaning, but it doesn't hurt me because it's not an insult. It's just a descriptor. As far as I'm concerned, it's an adjective. Right. So it it doesn't hurt my feelings when people call me fat. But also, like, when you're looking at me as opposed to, like, an Aryan person that you're looking for, like, then, yeah, I guess, yeah, in comparison, one thing is fatter than the other. But I'm also not a nine-year-old little white girl, so yes. pedophilia. But I think with beauty standards, I think beauty is subjective. Like, it, it which it is, right? Everybody has, you know, different perceptions of what they deem to be beautiful. But I also think that a lot of times beauty standards are imposed, obviously, on women and feminine presenting people primarily. It's never the same for men mm-hmm. ever in a million years. That's why they call women fat and they say men are da- have dad bods. That's like the literal reason they say that because it only ever applies to us. And so I always think in terms of like a, a beauty standard like that. It's like unimportant to me, I guess, because, well, first of all, I'm booed up and I have been for a while, Mm -hmm. but I'm so far removed from the male gaze. Like my worth and value does not come from what I look like. And that's what misogyny is. They believe that women hold all their worth and value in their looks and they believe them to be vapid and materialistic. And so when you take that power from them and you're like, that doesn't hurt me. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Anything else? I have a couple jokes, but I want to I let you get them off first. I want to let you fire them off, right. babe. 
when you once, stop caring about their approval, then like, what else do they have? If it's the most yeah. freeing feeling in the entire world. I had someone ask me once, like, every time I try to stand up to dudes who are being misogynistic or hateful towards me, I get very emotional and I like cry and I want to stop. So like, how do I do that? And I had told this person, I'm like, I think it's a it's multifaceted because it could be a multitude of things. Like, but I think a lot of times it has to do with you. Mm -hmm. So internally ask yourself, why do you get so emotional when you want this person to listen to you? Right. And it's because you want them to hear you. You want them to believe you. You want them to see you as like a human being telling you like, hey, this hurts me when you say that. Please don't say things like that. It's harmful. You want their approval, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day is what it is. And so unpacking your own internalized misogyny is the most freeing feeling in the world. We've, yeah. We're all born pygmies as mm -hmm. women and feminine mm -hmm. presenting people. We were all born a pygmy. Mm -hmm. It's not our fault if we're born that way, but it is our fault if we die that way. Yes, so you have to unlearn it. Once you unlearn and let it go, it won't matter. Whatever well, they just say, for your good or bad. happiness. I mean, forget trying yeah. to defend against anyone, but literally getting dressed in the morning yeah. and like looking at yourself and learning to love yourself. Like, yeah. if you let that go, it's so incredibly powerful. Yeah, because then you realize that everything that you love about yourself is solely because you love it. It's not because someone else may love it, mm -hmm. regardless of who it is. And that, and another prime example of that is like whenever men try to attack women that are liberal looking, whatever that is, they always describe someone with like blue hair piercings, tattoos, things that don't adhere to a beauty standard, like the typical what what's deemed beautiful and, you know, media, Hollywood, whatever you want to call it. They get so mad when they see women or femmes existing that way, because even though according to them, they would never want to fuck those people, they're mad that they don't want them to want to fuck them. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Nothing's more like the rebellious. Protest. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's more rebellious in the eyes of the male gaze than to do something the complete left of what it is that they want to see. They want to see women look a certain way. You look the complete opposite. They get mad. Mm -hmm. They take it personal. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't want to fuck you, but I can't believe that you don't want me to fuck you. That's so weird. So when you get dressed and like now entering into the space where like you, you know, you have your show, you mm -hmm. get like glam, whatever. Like, yeah. how do you factor that in? I'm, I'm asking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like as far as like male gaze yeah. type, type yeah. deals? Yeah. And like, I mean, what you're saying is radical and really cool and like protesting yeah. it, but also like we work in an industry where yeah, like where you- beauty is yeah. centerfold. Yeah, yeah, it's like center point like to everything. Like your makeup looking fly is like yeah. important. It just for the girlies too, yeah. you know? I think like for me, I just always think to myself, I'm a bad bitch with or without this. Mm -hmm. That's a big reason actually what you just, your point you just made about getting work done mm -hmm. because I'm a huge proponent. Like if you want to get work done, get work done, girl, mm -hmm. cut it up, slice it up, inject it. I don't care. Whatever it is, what it, as long as it makes you happy yeah. and you're doing it for you, then go off queen is what I always think. But for me, sometimes like, you know, you have those moments where you're like, damn, that's a bad angle. Maybe I should fix that. Yeah. Those are just moments of weakness. We're human at the end of the mm -hmm. day. And especially people like us were, I mean, you more than me, but like we're just constantly being photographed, videoed, yes. and whatever it may be from all angles and all sides. And everyone's always looking for a bad angle side, whatever it may be. Whenever I see or have those moments of weakness where I'm like, damn, maybe I should fix that. Like, and I could pay for it, maybe. Because mm -hmm. no one is truly ugly in this world. You're just, if you have money, you could orchestrate whatever fantasy you want to look like. And that's just the tea. But whenever I have those moments, I think to myself, for example, my face is like extremely round. I have like really big cheeks, really round face, really round features in general, nose, eyes, huge, right? I think about the fact that like my features make me Samoan. Like I have very Samoan Polynesian features. That's what makes me me. 
if I were to do something to myself and alter my my looks because I want to adhere to a, a white beauty standard, mm-hmm. then like, what is that saying to other girls who look like me, right? Yeah. Other Samoan girls and like, there has been no Samoan representation very, very, very little other yeah. than like The Rock or yeah, your famous- Yeah, I was famous... I can't think of a woman yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, especially women. So, yeah. you know, I think to, I think about that and I'm like, you know what, like if I ever do get work done, it's gonna be for me. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be because I saw a picture and I'm like, damn, I don't really like that picture. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be because of that. It's gonna be because I wanna do it and I feel confident in doing it. Yeah. I think I have those moments where I think about that, but then I remind myself that I'm a babbage regardless. Yeah. So then that's how I get dressed, yeah. do makeup, hair, all that kind of stuff. And like, even in my show, like in October, I did like costumes. Mm-hmm. Girl, I looked a mess. Oh, you looked good. And that's why it's I fun. I remember those right? were good. I was, you literal, good. I was like a literal hot Cheeto for an hour and a half. Sick. So like, there you go. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's nothing's less male gazy than that. I think it's just hard to take <laughs> what your personal preferences are from away from the the beauty standards that we've learned and yeah. be able to completely eradicate them like, no matter what yeah you know? and, you're always going to be surrounded by them and yeah they're always going to flare up i think that about internalized fat phobia too like whether it's internalized or externalized you are gonna always have that but as long as you recognize it like early early on and you're like okay this is not I shouldn't think like this because this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a good thing to practice. Like when you're practicing radical Mm self-love, right? You're like, why am I feeling this way by myself? It's because of my internalized fat phobia. Why do I have that? Because you know well, what I you mean? have such a deep understanding of the politics and the history behind yeah. those feelings. Yeah. So you can be like, I don't want to participate in that thought system exactly. and that history. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to move that forward. Exactly. So then it's easier for you to see yourself differently and to yeah. be that's really that's a great way. That's a great method. Yeah. I feel like we should get the girls out there to yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm telling y'all. Yeah. And, and also like I'm a big proponent of like body neutrality neutrality just the body is what it is it exists to keep me alive and keep me happy and healthy and that's it i see it as like the shell it's just the shell that holds the most important parts of you it has nothing i'd rather feel nothing towards my body at all Mm -hmm. than feel like anything radical whether it's good or bad i'd rather it just be like it is what it is it just exists and that's it that's what I've learned in the last like couple years. It's yeah. just like, oh my God, this is a vessel that makes it, me able to experience life. And that's really all it is. It's not an object. It's yeah. not a commodity. It's not all these things. It's, and you had a baby. Yeah, that really helped me. Honestly. Yeah, it was one of the things it? that made me be like, oh, this is a body. This is a beautiful thing that is so like ancient. It's like yeah. ancient machinery that's been perfected with evolution. Yeah. And I'm lucky to exist inside of it. And I'm not going to treat it like it's something that only exists to be perceived. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I feel like we all have one phase of body neutrality. And most of the time it's early on in life when you really don't think like super early, 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 like child, toddler, like you're not really perceiving your body at that point until external factors lead you to start perceiving it. And that's when you start feeling some type of way about it. And that's, that happened to me too. And I feel like my body neutrality lasted kind of long, honestly, for how short that term lasts. Typically, Mm. I didn't start perceiving it till like I really started dating. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. What was that moment for you where you kind of learned to like love yourself and mm -hmm. to train these things that you had learned, you know, from our culture and obviously not from your family yeah. and place them and take them and take away the import from them? Like, was there a moment or? Honestly, I think the moment like truly was when I stopped being a pick me because I truly and believe. And when was that and what caused it? I would say in college, probably around like 17, 18. And I think what happened was. I started dating, seriously dating, like going on dates and like talking to dudes a lot and like, you know, going partying, clubbing, all that kind of stuff. And you just see the real underbelly of like men in this world when you start dating as a young woman, especially. Yes. Um, like at so that scary. Yeah, at that it's real prime age. Scary. It like is it's be afraid. Yeah. Ab absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like in that stage of life, I think is when I really was like, damn, I can't stand these bitches. <laughs> like about about men in general, I was like, these are these dudes are awful. And I think I started seeing even more so than that. I started seeing how they would treat other women around me. Mm -hmm. And I, it's funny because like sometimes dudes will be like, this isn't even really how she is. She does all this for TikTok. I'm like, you've never met me in real life, so you wouldn't know. But if you talk to any friends I've had for a long time, especially in college, because I was a lot meaner in college. Mm -hmm. I was like crazy when I was in my early 20s because I had no fear. So like I was a loose cannon. Like my anger was, my fuse was really, really short when I was in my early 20s because men were so rancid even when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. Like I'm 27 now. So like when I was 19, 20, oh girl, the things they would say, do, act on in public, in front of other people. Like without any yeah. awareness or shame. Yeah, or and I've always been like the mom of my friend group. Mm -hmm. So like I was taking care of everyone always just cause like I'm a Virgo, so I need control. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm like controlling um, the situation around well, us. Well, I'm trying to protect. Yeah, so I've been like a motherly figure in that sense my whole life. And so I would attack men on sight if I thought that they were being disrespectful, rude, disgusting, anything like that. And I lost it a few times on several grown men that mm -hmm. were either the same height as me or a little bit bigger than me. <laughs> I think that's really when I released the male gaze because I was like, you know what? If no one's got me, my girls got me. Yeah. Like no one's got me in this world, but but my girls, my femmes, just anyone that's not a cis straight man, like they got me no matter what. And it was, I think then that I really just released ever wanting to confine to anything that they deemed good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? What about meanness as a insult. I think it's really interesting that you get kind of charged with that so much. Like she's mean. She's not nice. <laughs> um, and I think about it sometimes with myself because I think about the word bitch and like yeah. being a bitch. I'm like, oh, but 
you clearly are talking about responding to f- with you know a threat yeah. which then induces fear yeah. and then getting bigger yeah. like you get bigger and you respond with aggressiveness yeah. but i think that people think that's so negative and every time i take one little step i put a toe into that mm-hmm. people are like you're being mean yeah. whereas you know you just don't see that concern on the no, other side never. like how do you embrace your meanness and like what do you yeah. think about meanness as a concept in terms of me specifically like i am mean I can be very, very, very fucking mean. And that's intentional. So I think like knowing that you have that power, how you wield it is the difference. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference between being mean and being a bad person. Mm -hmm. Meanness is not automatically associated with being bad because Mm. being a bad, it's like the same thing between being nice versus being a good person, a kind person. So like someone said, you're not nice, but you are kind. And that's more important which yeah. is true like because anybody can be nice some of the worst people i've ever met in my life have Talk been about dating i mean a lot of nice men <laughs> yeah have been incredibly nice but nice is superficial and nice yes. can be faked yes. being a good person being a kind person being a caring person that's something you cannot fake so yeah i am very mean and what of it, bitch, is what I always think. And yeah, remember that. The next time you want to talk about me yes. is what I always say because I'm like, I'm super okay with people calling me mean because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with them calling me a bitch because it's true. And I'll be an even worse bitch if you keep talking about me is what I always think. Or if you keep attacking other people, if you keep saying terrible things, if you keep being a bigot openly, mm-hmm. I'm going to show you just how mean I can be if you really mm-hmm. want to go there with me. But that's why I'm like, that doesn't hurt my feelings because it's true. It's a fact. Being a protector, being a defender, and being like a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) It must be pretty exhausting. Yeah. So how do you take care of yourself? I think for me in the very beginning, like when I had that first viral video, I was like constantly making videos, constantly waiting for people to respond to me so I could write mean shit back. Like I was just obsessed with responding. But then I think now that my platform has grown, I think it's just given me more perspective as far as like what's worth my time and what's not. So there are some people that have been like jerking off to the idea of me stitching them for months and I never do it because I'm like, that's exactly what you want. And I'm not going to do that because it's not worth my time. Uh, Unlike you, I have a job. So (laughs) a bitch is booked and busy. Sorry, I can't. But I think when I prioritize in that way and also just focus on the things that bring me joy like unplug it's so corny and lame but like when you do this for a living you literally have to detach at some point because it's just you're working all the time and constantly seeing terrible shit all the time especially me yeah so like letting go to an extent and kind of being like well i'm gonna leave my phone for a little and just go do things that bring me joy or like spend time with people that bring me joy or make me happy like that's kind of how I take care of myself because like I'm someone who like really loves to take care of others kind of putting that down for a little and just kind of resting a little bit is like how I take care of myself it sounds like you basically you were this person to your friends and now you're this person to the world (laughs) and it's it's beautiful and we're lucky to have you but damn that's um that seems like a lot yeah it is it gets heavy I think too I've talked about it a little bit um when I've done press and stuff Things that I really, really hold on to in those moments when I'm like, God damn, this is so tiring is like, I think about all the testimonies I've heard from people like, whether it's online or in person, because I've met lots of people who love my content and stuff in real life. I've met them and they've told me 
the most moving, emotionally driven like testimony of how much my content has helped them. I had someone tell me, like she was a server, she was serving me at a restaurant. And she told me that she left her abusive boyfriend of five years because she started watching me since 2021. Wow. So I saw her earlier this year and she told me that, and she was crying when she told me. And she was like, I just wanna thank you because you like literally saved my life. Oh girl, the way it moves me. I mean, it makes me feel emotional right now. Yeah. Like I'll cry. I think (laughs) (laughs) I hear stuff like that and it like keeps me going because I think to myself like, you know, it gets heavy and it's and it's hard like to do my niche specifically. It is very, very hard. But at the same time, like the good far outweighs the bad. It always does in terms of my my platform specifically. But then I think if I redirect the energy towards me mm-hmm. um, and I can be kind of like a, a lightning rod in that sense. Yeah. And then it gives everyone else the chance to get out, which I'm OK with, like wow. at that point, because I'm like, you know what? I'm good because I I'm like at a point now where I love myself enough where it's not gonna hurt me. Yeah. If it if me taking it gives you the time to get to that point too, I'm okay with that. What about macro perspective? You said you've said a couple different times like I've seen the underbelly. I've seen mm-hmm. the sh- the worst shit you could ever imagine. Yeah. Like stuff that would just. How do you like not feel so depressed about the world? <laughs> I'm asking, yeah. asking for a friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I mean, really, though, yeah. like your podcast is called The Comment Section. And it's like they're, that's such a great title because the comment section is truly like that is the darkness. And truly, you yeah. go in there. Oh, yeah. Babe. Like you put on a little snorkel gear. Oh, and you, girl. Just, you hit it. As I said, I'm in that sewer every so, day. And like I see what your, your politics are and your education and having such a wonderful insight perspective, your personal, how you're living your life and whatever, like it's so amazing. But then there's this whole universe of racism, Mm -hmm. of sexism, of hate, of bigotry, and it's scary. And how do you feel okay? (laughs) I think I feel in the sense, in the same sense that like how people draw strength from me, I draw it from others too. So it's like, I see other creators being so bold and so brave and so authentic and living their lives in spite of things like that. That's what gives me hope. And I see someone like my boyfriend, for example, who first of all is the one who told me to start posting. So if you have beef beef with me being on there, take it up with him. Cause it's his fault that I'm on there. And he tells me all the time to be meaner mm-hmm. and as does my dad. So like wow. I draw strength from them knowing that Although there's 99 terrible, there's one or two good and they're out there and they're going to find you. I think that I tell my followers that all the time. If you're dating a man, if you're dating men, if you're interested in men, I'm so sorry. And you're single right now. I'm so sorry. Yep. But it will, they will find you. It's just, you got to just hold out long enough to, to wait for them because, you know, it gets lonely when you're single. I was single for a long time. I even told my followers once, like I made peace with dying alone before, right before I met my boyfriend and we started dating. Mm. I made peace with being alone. I was like, I'm cool with being alone. I'm gonna die alone and that's okay because I would rather do that than settle for someone who doesn't deserve me or doesn't live up to the expectation that I feel like partners should be at with each other. And so like, I think about that and then I think about creators like Dylan Mulvaney, Mm -hmm. like creators like my friend Naomi Hartz. You had Dylan on the podcast, your podcast. Yeah, just like, just creators that are, being so authentically themselves and living their lives 
boldly, bravely, and publicly. I think about them and I'm like, you know what? They are some of the strongest people I've ever met personally. And if they can do it, I can do it. I just know that for a fact, especially as a creator, like you meet lots of other creators and I've had the absolute privilege of having so many different creators on, you know, my show specifically that come from all different walks of life, like intersectionality is like a huge part of my show. So like I've just met so many wonderful people who have been so we've been so lucky enough to see grow a platform. So like I see creators like that, like everyone that's been on my show. And I think, you know, like that gives me hope. It makes you believe in progress because the fact that they do have platforms and because, you know, there is people are interested and inspired and listening. And that's that means something good and beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like that's what keeps me from being like this world is doomed. Like, like, we're doomed. It's going to end forever. And I've compared it to like I feel like sometimes I'm standing in a boat and I'm like scooping out water and like no matter how much I scoop out more pours in. On the funny side of that, that's like the most aggressive form of job security. Your bitch will never be out of a job because men will never stop being horrible. Oof, so oof. it's like it's, it's a win. I'm very cynical, but I understand. Yeah. Um, okay, your boyfriend reveal videos have so many like they, they pop. They really just, do. Yeah, and I mean you brought him up a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and I love what you just said about not settling because I think about it. My best friend and I are single, and we literally had that conversation last night about Did not you? settling. Yeah, there you and go. just how hard it is, and how many people do settle, and how depressed it makes us. Tell me about your boyfriend and your relationship (laughs) and how'd you guys meet? You said you went to high school together. Yes, we went to high school together. Um, We did not date in high school. I always describe it as enemies to lovers, more of an arc. Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Were you enemies? No, not at all. We just were, we were friends, but we, I never like in a million years was like, no, like to him, never in a million years that I think we would end up together. Absolutely not. But we went to different colleges, had different life experience outside of college. And then once I graduated from college, I like did everything in my power to try and stay in Hawaii when I was living there because I was, you know, I'd been living there for like six years at that point. So I was like, well, the job pool is easier here, I feel like. So I'm going to try to get a job here. And I got no callbacks, like not even one. And I was so upset because I was like, if I move back home, it feels like I'm starting over. Like I have to move back in with my parents. So like I had to move home. And when I did, not even three weeks later, um, he asked me to hang out again and we started talking again. And then I was like, now I, I believe in like, nothing is an accident. Everything that happens to me is on purpose and for a reason. So I genuinely believe that the universe was like pushing me to go back home because I was supposed to start dating him and be with him wow. forever. Soulmates. <laughs> so That's beautiful. Yeah. So, I don't even know if I believe in soulmates. So you might be the you might really? be the people that make me believe in soulmates. Some, some people tell me that. Yeah. They, they never really believed in soulmates. I, I just don't think that there's any way in this vast universe that we live in on this floating rock. I just don't think that there's any reason why we would be here other than to find someone else and it doesn't always have to be a romantic partner like a platonic soulmate is very real like um, i believe in that yeah to be a mother like that's that's a destiny a soulmate thing i think so too i think soulmates can be vastly defined it doesn't always have to be romantic but i do think though that everyone has a perfect person i do think that um in terms of romanticism but he's just so beautiful yeah i think so right yeah. See, and who says that I am a pessimist? I know. And like, you're <laughs> such a, no, what's so beautiful about it is the balance. Yeah, the, I'm really you're mean. like, I'm mean. I also believe in soulmates. <laughs> yeah. People are like, wait, what? That's what, I'm a mean romantic. Yeah, so um, I, I do think that, yes. Yeah, so. We're coming to the end. I like could talk to you forever. There's a million. Same. I want to talk to you about 
yeah, I, we're going to have to do another round of this. Cool. Please, please let me have you on again. I would and, love to. <laughs> but just where people can hear more from you because I think people are going to listen to this. And if they are like me, they're going to be like, I can't get enough. <laughs> so obviously you TikTok, but you have two different podcasts. Yes. You have Comment Section and yes. then you have the one with your sister, which is two idiot girls. Idiot girls. Yes. And you guys are going on tour soon. Yes, we are. We're going on tour in January, um, which is so exciting. Four shows. It's a little baby tour. Are you coming to the East Coast? No, not in Damn the beginning because I'm a West Coast girl. Rude. Honestly, rude. You're so cow girl too. <laughs> I am. We're both from <laughs> Southern California, Period. but um, I identify as a New Yorker now, so thank you very much. Um, Hopefully I, we'll come later on in the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that would be great. And then you're also writing a book. Yes, I am. I'm currently writing a book, and it's going to be awesome and amazing, and I have lots of meetings and lots What's of stuff to do. What's the tone of the book? I'm just curious. It's more, I would say, in line of like self-help. I was telling them like one of my favorite authors is Brene Brown, so you know, obviously she's like an actual doctor mm -hmm. which i am not but it's her books like changed my life like wow. oh my goodness i love her so much renee if you ever see this i love you mm -hmm. but i'm <laughs> like a huge fan of her so i think it's more in the line of self-help and it's like you know the practicing of like radical self-love like how to like unlearn your pygmyisms mm -hmm. and all those kinds of fun mm -hmm. quirky things uh coming from a a jester on TikTok. You are wise as hell, though, and that's why I asked you. the question about what's the tone because I could see you writing a very funny book, but I could also see you writing some like feminist theory, like <laughs> philosophy stuff, and it sounds Thank like you're you. gonna find the right balance. For yeah, that. it's it's a cute little mix of those two things, I think. Which is um, you? Yeah, and it's also it's an opportunity for me to kind of expand a little bit more um, in a much more serious way on why I believe the things I do and how I kind of have these ideologies already kind of embedded in my frontal lobe and then kind of just spewing it onto pages. So I'm really, really looking cool. forward to it. It'll probably be my Bible, honestly. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I mean, no, for real, because I mean, it's really one, it's one thing to be able to put the stuff, the content and the funny, like entertaining thing. I think that's a talent in itself. that's really specific yeah. and nobody can do. Obviously, that's why you're having this moment and you've built this platform. <laughs> but then also the ideology behind it is so well thought through and important and I think the world could learn so much from it so I'm excited thank when you, you will be able to present that in that way as well thank you so much um, oh so thank you so much for being oh here oh my god can I, I say really... one more thing yeah I, of course. I just want to say this is just this is an elephant in the room okay not me to all the terrible men but so many men who hate me yeah. beat off to you and she's a fan <laughs> of mine and you could take that to the bank bitch <laughs> Take it to the bank, bitch. Remember when I told you your favorite girl follows me? Emrata's one of them. Um, Emrata is like number one follower, and she will have this platform and this stage whenever she fucking wants. Period, so, bitch. I just um, want every man who looks at your Instagram like a big fucking weirdo to know that she loves me. I love you. <laughs> Period, bitch. Period. I think that's a perfect note to end Love on. that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
there were so many things we covered today. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you guys. I feel like hearing her talk about misandry was so interesting. Hearing her talk about accountability, about niceness versus kindness. And I want to hear your thoughts. So go to hilo.fm. We should talk about letting go of the male gaze, learning to love yourself, unlearning pick me-isms, as she said. So many good parts of that interview. So submit your voice notes to hilo.fm. I will be using those for my subscription episode, Talk Back, and opening up the conversation. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks for listening. Hi Low with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production produced by Chelsea Jacobson. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening. <laughs>